0: It's the Anfield wrap, following Liverpool's 5-2 victory over Norwich City in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And as Jurgen Klopp begins his long goodbye at Anfield with a confident victory over the Canaries, we got to enjoy our first fixture. Oh, I don't know if enjoy is even the right word, but we got to experience our first fixture anyway, since last week's shock announcement that the manager will be ending, leaving at the end of the season. I'm Amelia Bonner, and with me today to discuss that performance, the future, and all of our many, many feelings. I have got Fuatasan, Hassan, I've got James Sutton, and I've got Ian Ryan. But first of all, 2024 is upon us. That means that there's a packed schedule of FA Cup, AFCON, and of course, Premier League action. Uh, you can beat the January Blues and watch every single game with that atmosphere that it deserves down at your local Green King Sports Pub. Don't settle for a dodgy stream. If it's on the telly, it's on at your local Green King across their huge HD screens. If you download the Green King Sports app, you'll receive 10% off every single drink wherever there's a game on. Uh, the venues offer a range of low and no alcohol options, so dry January doesn't mean that you have to settle for a worse sporting experience. That's Green King uh, January everyone enjoy it dry January we'll have a lovely time but what we enjoyed first of all James Sutton Hmm. uh, was being in the ground for Jürgen's first of many many emotional goodbyes I heard a lot of people saying that in the kind of the run up to it around the ground, it felt very surreal and very somber and just like people didn't quite know what to do with themselves or what to say to each other, really. But watching it at home, it looked like the atmosphere once people actually got in the ground was absolutely incredible. It felt like people tried to put on a real performance for him, a real display, a kind of showing of emotion and gratitude. And we know that we're going to have that a lot more times at home before the season ends, but it felt like a, a really important moment for us all.
1: Yeah, I think I mean everyone was quite shell shocked, weren't they? I'm, certainly, I was on Friday. We did the show here, and we did. None of us really knew quite what to say. Really, have, we felt like we'd had the sort of proverbial rug pulled from under us, and, and that certainly translated to the atmosphere outside the ground. Um, my dad and I walked round to the new uh, Jurgen Klopp mural that's been that's been adorned on one of the walls. It's absolutely fantastic, by the way, if anyone hasn't seen it yet. Um, and there was a huge crowd out there, but everyone was sort of stood in deathly silence. It really it felt like someone had died. It's a really strange thing, and it's you know it's 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 telling that you know the, the impact that this manager's had on not just the the you know the club and, and the players, but the city as a whole. You know, it really feels like we're losing one of our own. We're losing someone who's. You know, made it made such an such an important impact um, on on so many levels. Um, but then when we got in the ground. There was singing before kick off. There was singing before "You'll Never Walk Alone." "You'll Never Walk Alone." By the way, was an incredible rendition. Um, You know, I think often you know we we sort of save that for the big Champions League games and and the the evening matches against you know the 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 quote unquote top five, top six clubs. But this was you know this was Norwich in the FA Cup, and it really felt like a thing. Um, And you saw on the you know you saw the pictures on TV of Jurgen Klopp you know looking really emotional. And I think. I think everyone was 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 feeling really emotional. Um, it was a, it was a huge thing, and the singing didn't stop for the certainly for the first half, and then sort of came back again in the, towards the end of the second half as well. When it you know when it sort of the last sort of ten fifteen minutes was was really it was a really emotional thing, um, and it was great to see. And it wasn't just the cop either; it was the you know it was the yeah. it was the, the all the way around the the lower. I was down by the the Lower Annie Road. Um, and uh, now that they've switched the away fans to the other side which is still bizarre I still don't quite know where I am in the ground um, But it, 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 it really felt like a really it, it felt like an important an important moment and I think Because everyone was kind of wondering what it was going to be like you know what? What's what's the performance going to be like? What's the atmosphere going to be like? What's Klopp going to be like? There's so many. All of a sudden, you know, all these things that we sort of took for granted, I think, are all suddenly gone. And you're thinking, well, wh- what is the the remainder of the season going to look like? Uh, and I think we got a really, I think we've got a really good view of what the the rest of the season is going to look like. It's going to look like uh, uh, all the fans united in in loud voice, all marching, you know, to to a co- with, you know with a common goal together. Um, and the players just giving absolutely everything, as you saw on, the, on on the field, and it was a it was a really special occasion, actually, um, and one that I don't think I'll I'll forget in a hurry.
0: Fuad, so I think we all knew it was going to be emotional, but James is right that no one really knew how it was going to go, both in terms of the fixture, but also just the atmosphere in the ground until it actually happened. Yeah. And it felt like a bit of a relief to see how the fans all responded to it. That we all just showed Jurgen the best of us that we have to show him, and I think. Looking at him It looked like he felt Really really relieved It felt like there's a weight off And in in that extended interview That he does on the club website He talks about how it's been Quite some time since he made the decision. It's not something that he's rushed into. It's not a snap decision that he's made. He's had a long time to mull this over and to probably absolutely dread having to to tell us all it because he knew what the reaction was going to be and he knew that he was going to break all of our hearts. But I think yeah. for him to get to to show up and get that reaction to kind of just know, right, it's done now and we can get on with the rest of the season and we all know where we stand. He probably feels really, really relieved and he looked it
2: yeah no totally I, I think from his point of view that's what I find really interesting in this you know I think f- for us as fans and everything I, I certainly felt like I was looking for, for any sign of something being up you know as we we're going towards Anfield it felt like there was something in the air I think a lot of people have referenced that but it's more from his point of view which which I find interesting because everything he said everything he said after the game before the game when he did the announcement is you get the impression that you know you almost can't understand why we have this love for him in, in a sense you know because he is because he is normal and because he does see himself in that, in that way you know to t- To him, it is a really kind of mad concept and a mad kind of thing that we all have. He loves it, he appreciates it, and I think for him, you know, the main thing is not detracting from what happens on the pitch. We've heard that over and over again, but he will understand, like you know, like the players and staff, and we all do that. That was an opportunity for for sort of all of us to to kind of share it. I'm talking about the backroom staff. I'm talking about everyone who works at the club, and then you know us as sort of the fans. It was it was that kind of chance to kind of let that let that steam go, sing his song. I think what he wants from us is to do everything with everything that we do with more intensity. I think that's the best reaction that we can kind of give him uh, in terms of driving the team to success. Him sort of feeling like everything is is going as normal because that's what that's what's really keen on his mind. And I felt like we did that. I feel like you know we sung his song with more intensity. We sung all the other songs with with more intensity, and it's going to be like that till the end of the season. And he can't complain about a song because we I, I <laughs> think we scored. I think we scored just as the, as as a, as a rendition of it started in the second half. Um, and to me, it's a song about belief, and it's about. you know taking his words on and and making something of it it's it's not a thing purely about him it is about the team it is about all of us um and you know it sounded like after the game as well he kind of accepted that a bit saying look i don't mean to i don't want to tell people what to do and all these sorts of things Um, and he knows he can't he knows he knows the city well enough he knows the, the, the people well enough that that you know his words yes matter but they only go so far
0: Absolutely. If, yeah, it's, it's one uh, instance in which it's absolutely fine that we've stopped listening to him. Yeah. is what he yeah. said, basically. Um, it, it looked beautiful and it felt a lot like standing underneath an ex's window with a boombox going, please <laughs> take me back, Jürgen. But I think that's why it was so beautiful and true and honest, yeah. is because we know there's nothing we're doing that's changing it at this point. It, it doesn't matter how good we are. It doesn't, no, matter. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter what we show him or how good a time we give him. This is the last that we're going to get to enjoy of this together. So we need to enjoy every single moment of it. And Ian, it's an interesting fixture to have had as, as the first one kind of immediately after that announcement because it's a fourth count, a fourth round FA Cup game against Norwich but it was so much more than that because I think in the run-up to the announcement and we can now very much all split our lives into life before it and life after (laughs) it. It felt like in the run-up to this, we all felt incredibly confident on top of the world, like we're going to win absolutely everything, which I still feel is the case. It it felt like everything was possible for us and and that Jürgen made all that possible. And I think that this first fixture was important because we needed to make sure that the announcement doesn't change that. That that everything's still the same and that if anything else it just spurs us on as fans. You know, as as the the staff there, like Ferd saying, but also that all of the players are going we're still completely in this and we're still going to do this for you and kind of knowing what's coming next doesn't alter that at
3: all no spot on I think in terms of the fixture itself it was probably the perfect one because you're playing against a team who are sitting ninth in the championship and with all the the kind of best will in the world it never felt like a fixture that would cause Liverpool too many problems and I think Norwich have probably got bigger fish to fry so they play Coventry next weekend and that's a massive game for them because they currently sit two points I think outside the playoffs Coventry occupied that last spot so that's a massive game so yesterday the rest of the goalkeeper for instance Angus Gunn doesn't play they play the reserve lad who does okay but he still concedes five and yeah you felt if Liverpool went semi-strong and they do pick a strong team then it was going to be too much for Norwich and to be fair Norwich try and play there I think it would be their natural way to try and play out from the back. Although I did see one or two people saying maybe they they kind of took that a little bit further than usual. But Liverpool were too wily for them. They were too kind of... They knew exactly what was coming. They pounced at the right moments. They robbed the ball off them. They took the ball off them. And to be fair, there's a period of time where... You felt like Liverpool could score at will and they get the five, but there's, you know, ten or fifteen minutes where Norris just can't get out. And Liverpool look like they might just score at any moment. And it was a really kind of it was a great game for lots of reasons. You know, we'll probably talk about the young lads in a little bit, but, you know, the likes of McConnell coming in, you know, getting an assist, how important was that for him in terms of just kicking him on? You know, it's very early on in the game. It's with his week of foot. Curtis Jones scores. It's five different scorers. Conor Bradley's getting assists again. So there was lots and lots of reasons to be pleased. And I think from a, from a fan's perspective... And even from the player's perspective and the manager's perspective, he didn't want any knocks. He didn't want it to be a knock after the announcement. And, you know, the Chelsea thing will come round on Wednesday and that's a huge game of football, different challenges, all that. But it was really, really important that Liverpool got the win and they did.
0: Curtis says afterwards in the post-match interview that at the beginning of the season, we had our goals. This news is out now as well. We'll be giving it more definitely. Do you think having seen what we saw on the weekend, that in some ways it does almost make the team stronger because there's a, a real, I don't know, galvanized determination there that it's not just we know we can all do it. It's that this is our last chance to do it like this.
3: I think that mentality will almost certainly be kind of seeping through the squad But it's a very, very easy thing to say. But you've still got to go and execute it in terms of putting performances in and putting wins in. And, you know, football does have a habit of punching you on the nose now and again. So Liverpool at some point will have to take some knocks over the course of the next four months. And they've got to respond to those knocks. And the manager will be absolutely, incredibly important in terms of making sure they are laser-focused for the next four months, and I've no doubt in my mind, he will do that. He will be able to hopefully just block out or attempt to block out some of the outside noise. But the players, the likes of Trent, the likes of Virgil, the likes of Salah, Robbo, that leadership group and others as well, they'll be ever so important now, just in terms of, again, keeping people focused. And if there are one or two bad results, which there might be, you can't let that detract from the overall aim, which is to go and try and win as many games of football as you possibly can You aim for all four and you probably won't win all four in terms of those tournaments, those trophies that are on offer. But you might land at one, you might land at two. And if you land on the big one, if it is the Premier League, then my God, what a send-off he gets. And my thing in all of this is that you're obviously really sad because Jürgen's leaving and he's leaving at a time when you look at the team, you think, my God, what he could do with this over the next two or three years. Whoever comes in is going to get the benefit of that. But you think, oh my God, what would he do with them for the next two or three years? But also, he's won everything, but at the same time, he deserves a little bit more. And if it wasn't for Manchester City and everything that's going on at that club, and we all, we've all got a real sense of what's going on at that club, but if it wasn't for them, he'd be sitting on at least probably two more titles. He's been in you know, multiple European Cup finals. He's won one of them. He could have won another. It's it's a little bit harsh that he's, he's only sitting on the trophies he's got. Don't get me wrong, I I probably would have took that at the start of his reign because you forget where Liverpool are when he comes through the door in 2015. But he's built such a team, he's built such a squad. And as I say, whoever comes in after him, it's a massive job. But my God, they are getting some unbelievable players to work with.
0: Is quite the handover that he's
3: done. It is. That's <laughs> <Especially laughs> one of my handovers. <laughs> right, well,
0: let's start to get into the game itself rather than what it means as a moment in history and kind of how we feel about it in the context of everything else. And James Curtis says post interview, um, post-match interview, in his interview that it was the perfect game. Um, Alison might be one of the only people that doesn't agree with him because of the <laughs> obvious, but it felt pretty much like it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, I don't think you can. I don't think you can lay any disrespect to Alison's dog for those two. <laughs> I, goals. Would no. you, I, I
0: would never. and,
1: and would. none of us would. Quite frankly, <laughs> that big, beautiful bastard. Um, no, he, I mean, those. You know, the two goals they score. Uh, you know, that's, that's the, the second. The, the second one's fantastic. The, the header as well is really, really good. Nothing you can do there. But, yeah, just just leaders all over the pitch. Everybody taking responsibility. Um, I, th- I thought I thought Curtis Jones to, to to stay with him for a second. I thought he was really stand out. I, I I was quite. Close to the touchline for the first time in a long time, and I got a real sense of of, of, of Curtis Jones on and off the ball. Um, when without the ball, his work rate in that midfield is it, it's fantastic. I mean, we used to watch you know Ginny Winaldum do do similar, just be absolutely everywhere, be involved in everything, but we'd be really silky and smooth with the ball. He wouldn't make any mistakes in that midfield, and and Curtis Jones is kind of living up to that for me. And then off the ball, he's he's desperate for the pass I was noticing so many times him and Gakpo down on that left hand side and he's 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 making these little runs and he's, he's he's got his arm up he's waiting it doesn't happen he moves back into midfield then he goes again and again he's just he's, he's desperate to get on the score sheet but his work rate as well is just something to behold I thought there were as, again as I say there were there were there were leaders all over all over the park um and for the youngsters as well to come in and it it almost feels like a bit of disrespect now calling them like the kids and the youngsters because these are these are these are first team players who deserve to be there. Kwanzaa, for example, I mean he's you know he's a proper Liverpool centre back now he's he's established, you know to to, 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 to call him a you know a, 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 almost a second string player I think is 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 a bit disrespectful. Um, and then you know then you're looking at at, at Bradley as well and and the, and the work that he did. I mean just wow. I mean. Uh, I, the, 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 he deserves every single plaudit that he gets so composed always looking for a pass and his work for that goal as well is, is just stunning it really is to, to, to win that ball back and to have that um to have that, 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 that freedom of expression and that belief to actually go, no, actually, I'm going to drive on. I'm going to make this happen. That's something that I think uh, that a lot of clubs don't have. They don't have those players who, who go, no, this is, this is my moment. I'm going to play that one-two and then I'm going to play Nunez in. It was absolutely fantastic. I was, I was delighted for everybody on that pitch.
0: We'll, um, we will get on to the kids but I'll, I won't call them that <laughs> uh, the, the,
1: the young gentlemen y- we'll take that
0: <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll call them that um, he picks a strong team Fuad Ian and James are right and I think uh, to some extent it shows how seriously he's taken this competition and all the competitions that we're in um, Liverpool have I think it's 30 shots throughout the game 18 of them in the second half and it feels like there could be even more than five <laughs> goals if it's not for long who to be fair to him is all right. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. There's about three saves in the space of ten seconds at one point. He does all right, but it feels like we could have scored far more if he if he kind of didn't put in the performance that he did. It feels like the the strong side that shop that Klopp shows for that really demonstrates how seriously he's taken the competition.
2: Totally. Like the you know, the one thing with this team, if we're talking about chasing all four and this and this and this, you know, management staff is they've they're one of the few teams that have actually had the lived experience of of going through that process of trying to chase all four trophies. Obviously, different in in, in the trophies that trying to go but they have experience they know you know what it takes to get to the stage where you can actually start thinking right you know we are really in the mix because you know we're still not quite there yet in terms of what they're thinking internally and i think he's put in a bit of a situation with this game that's probably quite unique to previous you know early round cup games where he's got a lot of players coming back from injury he's got experienced senior players coming back who you know need this need this game more so than they would have done in the past in terms of needing the minutes you know, to, to get a, let a bit of rust off for the players who've been out a bit longer, but then he's also got the luxury of having these players. You know, you know he mentions Quanta after the game. is not really being a kid anymore, does he? He says he is. You know, he is just part of the squad. Obviously, he's got room to improve still, and he's he's young. But what he's done for us this season is, you know, it's a proper contribution of someone who is a first team player. And and that kind of in between phase where you have you know kids who are not quite you know playing in the reserves or or the under 23s but you know not starting every week in the first team is is, is great because those are players who you know have that surety already, and that's. that's That's a big thing for me. I think, you know, James mentioned Bradley and how you know how conv- convincing he was in, in his play and decision making and things like that. That's something that really sticks out with with the kids. Sorry to disrespect them again, but <laughs> with, with, with the younger generation, that's strike two. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that you know often when you see young players come through and you you know it helps as well that you've got lots of senior players around you. It's not a, a fully young side. You know there is that sort of unsurety in certain moments, the indecision, not having that full conviction naturally, and that's credit to them of course for for being you know so conv- convinced and 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 so kind of you know sure of everything they do but it's also you know the environment around them it's what the manager's done it's the belief that sort of instilled in them to go and and play that sort of football and and be back that look you're going to make mistakes but that's fine you know it's, it's okay if you know McConnell for example losing the ball in certain areas you you will back you to go and win it back like he did um and that's that's really good to see because I think you know seeing that from young players is is really really important because you know the talent's obviously there but it's that next bit isn't it that you you sort of worry about and um They've all they all seem to have it in abundance, and it's it's, it's a really exciting exciting thing to see
0: on the subs because I, I feel like and I understand that there's a degree to which you you only bring on some of them just to start to get some minutes into legs ahead of yeah. the fixtures that we've got coming up. But it felt like in this one he went stronger in the second half, which when we were watching the Carabao Cup tie. Uh, Rob Gutman kept saying that he was treating it like it had been put to bed which it then was kind of demonstrate that it hadn't been obviously everything ultimately turns out fine but it felt like the substitutions in that fixture almost treated it like right this is done now it's fine we're home and clear and dry and we weren't really mm. whereas it felt like on the weekend he was uh, taking it seriously with who he brought on and it was nice for us to get to see Trent and Robbo again
2: totally it, it, it sort of it was nice because it sort of distracted I guess also from the from the whole narrative of of the game beforehand you know with with the manager and things it was you know it was the return of Andy Robertson, it was the return of you know Dom Savaslai and, and and Trent as well obviously not to the same extent but that, that was really nice to see and you know generally you know they all came on and you know lo- looked the same as they'd always and I thought we had a little period um after after Trent came on this is not to blame the substitutions between that and then when McConnell came off where we looked a bit weird in terms of our shape I felt like everyone with <laughs> Trent Savaslai Bradley we were all kind of Trying to play the same area on the right hand side, and we looked a little bit funny, and they they score the goal in that period, don't they? And they they kind of had the breakaway, but then there was a little bit more kind of shape to 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 everyone, and everyone had a bit more clarity um, when Diaz came on in the end, and and yeah, you know, it's expected to take a little bit of time for. For, for Andy Robertson, especially, to get him fully, you know, fully firing again. But it's a brilliant time for them to all come back, isn't it? It's an absolute brilliant week for it. Let alone the, the the kind of months ahead. And I think you know that would have done them all a load of good. Especially you know the ones who haven't been out that long. They've got that kind of they've got those minutes. They've got that kind of you know idea of well you know yes this game's coming thick and fast. But you can almost replace training with these games. You know that they'd be training otherwise. But instead they're getting a few minutes on the pitch. And you know it's it's it was very clearly you know moves to get a lot of players in rhythm because the manager knows. As we've seen, or the evidence of this season, that rotation is is key. Rotation of, of of personnel all over the pitch is going to be needed in different phases, and you're able to rest players that you know you need to give rest. And you know, Joe Gomez coming off, and players like that who you probably think are are there places under question now, but given their form and things like that, you know. To me, he's he's sort of undroppable at the moment because of of what he's shown, and and it goes against sort of what the manager instills in these players. So he got the opportunity to do all of those things while upgrading uh, with the players he's bringing on. And I, you know, I wasn't really expecting to see loads of kids come on because of you know the number of players who are senior we needed to give minutes. Um, but the opportunity to give kids give, give the kids minutes and the backing we have of the kids is is um, is, is really there. That's two more strikes. <laughs>
0: All right, let's talk about the kids, shall we? And see how many times we can fit it into a very short space of time. Um, Ian, for me, it's the absolute biggest takeaway from that fixture, other than obviously the nice atmosphere and the emotion of it all and kind of how important it will feel when we look back at it. But how well the young lads perform is really something special from this fixture. On the day that the announcement was made, obviously we just had Sky Sports on constantly. Nothing else happened in our house. No meals were made. No one talked about anything else. It was just, it was, was, yeah, the baby's third parent for quite a bit of the day. Uh, But on that, um, John Aldridge um, when they went to him was talking about how when Fergie leaves United he leaves them leaves them with an ageing side whereas he felt that Klopp has done the complete opposite that he's left us with a completely renewed youth setup and with a really promising future and it felt like this underscored that and highlighted the work that he's done so beautifully
3: yeah I think the United comparison's interesting there's a lot of Van Persie doing heavy lifting in Ferguson's last year and they're not a they're not a bad team but there's a lot of lads who were probably just getting to the point where the best years are very much behind them and that's that's not something you could level at this Liverpool team. You know? There's a lot of talk about the manager and I heard one or two people say, well, I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd done it last year when things weren't going quite as well. I would have been surprised because that's not that's not the man that we've kind of known over the last eight and a half years. He's not someone to kind of, when it does get a little bit tough, just to fuck off and leave a big a big mess for someone else to deal with. That that would have kind of, you probably could have knocked me down with a feather then because I would have been totally surprised that he decided to do that. Whereas now he's done it very much on his own terms, but the bigger picture stuff is he's made sure they're put in a great position and he probably feels that he can sleep at night knowing full well that he's left the football club in a far better way and far better shape than when he walked through the door and that's one of the things he said you know when he when he when he asked that press conference in 2015 he's not too bothered about how people view him it's more about well you know let's talk about that when I leave that's that's the most important time you know what when I've done my work and I'm and I'm and I'm out, then we can have a big discussion about, you know, what people are saying about me. And what he's done is he's left Liverpool in an incredible position in terms of what's coming through, what's coming off the rank. It's obviously not just down to him. You know, the development coaches deserve huge credit. But ultimately the decision rests with the manager and he's the one whose head is on the chopping block if things don't go right. And he's had the bravery to put them in. And yes, there'll be times when maybe you're a little bit forced because you've got injuries, but lots of managers don't necessarily turn to young footballers. They'll try and make do with other lads who are more experienced and they'll put you know, people into square pegs or whatever it is to try and you know compensate for someone not being there he's not done that he showed incredible incredible bravery at times where he's gone you know what you may be young but we're bringing you into the right environment and that's key for the young footballer so yes it's about taking your opportunity and there can be these sliding doors moments where you know if you don't get those opportunities maybe your path lies elsewhere but the lads we're talking about the likes of your Qantas the likes of your Bradleys and they've absolutely taken it with both hands. And you know, you're know you now looking at a scenario where... And it's almost the biggest compliment you can give some of these players is that when you see the names on the team sheet, you're not phased. Mm-hmm. You don't suddenly think, my God, Gerald is playing centre-half next to Virgil. You're like, OK, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. And he's just turned 21 today. What he's been doing as a 20-year-old at centre-half is phenomenal. Because you look across... All the, I would say the great centre halfs over the last kind of 20 25 years, and this is not me comparing him to them in terms of how good a career he's going to have because things can change and things can happen. But just viewing it right now, he's doing lots and lots of things that some of the greatest centre halves that have played in the last 20 25 years weren't doing at his age. He's playing in an elite team for an elite manager in a system and a style that is incredibly hard to do with a high line, and he's doing it like he's played. 150 games. It is ridiculous. And he will make one or two mistakes because he's a young footballer. And guess what? Footballers make mistakes. It just happens. Sometimes someone will go past you and punish you. It's the nature of the game. But he's he's playing at a level where it's surpassed my expectations. Maybe it's surpassed his. Maybe it's surpassed, you know, the managers to some extent. Although, again, bravery to put him in, all that. And then you got Connor Bradley, who's just, again, what is it now? Three assists in his last three appearances. Just looks like he's played so many games for Liverpool. He's tenacious. People are making the comparison with Andy Robbo in terms of how he operates, how he plays. I get that, but he's his own footballer. Looks comfortable in his own skin. Again, he was just so impressive yesterday. Gets the two assists and stuff. And you know, Liverpool are in a healthy position. But there's others coming through as well. Bobby Clark, you know, young footballer, nineteen. You know, he's from uh, he's from a football family. You know, people will remember his dad. Um, But again. You know, the kind of stats around him at the lower levels are really good. Yes, it's a different level of football, but you can only kind of do what you can do at that level. Loads and loads of positive signs, Amelia. Honestly, the, the football club looks in a real, really healthy place, and that's before you get on to a lot of the stalwarts that are there that are going to help these lads, going to carry them through. They're going to be there at the moments where they need the most. It's not yeah. even said Mo
0: name yet. Like, you can talk about all of this and we're not even chatting about the, the best that we've got. Exactly.
3: Like, yeah. It's an incredible rosy picture at the minute.
0: I think the the build up that, that Ian touched on, especially to Nunez's goal from Bradley, was a, a standout moment for me. Not just in terms of the game, but in terms of the hope it gives me for the yeah. future. Because it just that game felt like a testament to Klopp's faith in the youth, and in it, it was a real testament to what he's built there and what he leaves us with. And that's why, although we're all heartbroken, we can take something from it in terms of the the ethos that will carry on after he's gone.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, wh- wherever he's been, and you know, he's, he's not sort of shied away from talking about how much he himself appreciates the importance of having these players come through and and you know you, you know your own kind of coming through the academy and 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 you know playing for the first team and what that means for for the people what it means for the for the football club and things like that and there's been you know like the improvement is is insane you know you, you look at the players that come through and there's no disrespect to ones you know in previous previous years and things but sometimes you do feel like some of the academy players that you know the under 23s that do kind of come and have first team appearances they're not up to the level you know technically you you look at them and you're, you're like you know you aren't up to this kind of level whereas everyone here you know has got that in abundance you know you don't get to this stage anymore because of obviously how good the academy is the amount of talent that they have and and how they kind of nurture it and you know he mentions about these players taking their opportunities and and you know it's it's on them because you know we can give it to them but they've got to take it and that's totally right and fair but you know the environment you create for these players to be able to do that to be able to feel like you know they've got the belief and the confidence to go and take those, those opportunities is huge because you know they have to see examples of it they have to see other players going from you know right the, the start of the process to the end of the process and they've got that now they've got that in the in, in two players, and he's he's funny on it, isn't he? After the match about Curtis Jones and how if Curtis Jones could learn to defend, then anyone can. And like that's you know that's brilliant because you know Curtis won't take that seriously, will he? But you know you know what he's trying to say there is is exactly right because there's a clear identity of how every kind of area of the academy and the first team play that stems from him that kind of translates all the way down. And I think the best academy is the best one. football club. you see it at Man City as well now? You know, someone like Rico Lewis. You can tell he's just a, a Manchester City player, a Pep Guardiola player. And that's, that's clearly there at Liverpool where they've, they've, they've obviously got the talent. They've obviously got all the ability and that's, that's nurtured and developed. Um, but the extra bit, the pressing, the, the intelligence off the ball, that kind of tenacity and everything, you see the signs of it as soon as they come in. It's not a thing of, oh, we've got to work on that. Obviously, there's room for improvement, but the, the kind of DNA is already installed. And that's a really difficult thing to do that takes time you know that doesn't happen overnight and you don't see you know you don't see talent kind of walking away from Liverpool like you you think back to Man City and Jaden Stancho for example I'm not sure exactly the reasons but you know they lost a huge talent there you just don't see that situation happening here because everything is so well run the players that come through they know that even if they don't make it at Liverpool you know they are being built I'm sure the message is you are being built to have a professional career in football. There is a care for you in that sense. And and, and everything that we do is for your development. The loans are always brilliant. The the clubs they select, you know, Connor Connor Bradley is a great example of that, going to Bolton and really kind of, you know, developing and going further. Even Kwanzaa, the the year he had at Bristol, must have done him wonders. You know, he collapsed it himself. it, It kind of graduated him to the men's game. He got that experience of, you know, you're in academies. It's quite sheltered. You're playing all nice football and things like that. But then you go out somewhere and you learn that other side of it. And that's... You know that's that's really important, and it's 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 a brilliant sign that the academy is purring the way it is because I think that's that's a symbol of the rest of the football club, the connection between it all. They're all in the same building, the coaches that have got there. Uh, it's a shame I think it's Vito Matos isn't it the, the, the Portuguese coach they have who's that link it's a shame he's leaving as well but I'm sure there's 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 plans there to, to kind of keep that continuity going and yeah the players take a lot of credit of course but it's also it's also the, the philosophy the manager installed and the, the, the importance he gave it and that's right from the first day when he came in
0: we were chatting about it on a recent wild cards actually in terms of like when you're now kind of um, caught in the interest of young players that are maybe in academies or kind of starting off their careers at other clubs you don't even need to point to someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold to go no. look what you could eventually become you can point at Bobby Clark you can point at lads that aren't old enough to rent like a minivan and say <laughs> look already at what they are achieving you've got lads there that are subbing in for Mo Salah you've got lads there that are putting in these performances on a regular basis and I think the fact that you're able to to give examples of players at such an early stage in their career that are playing such an integral role for Liverpool and have such an incredible future ahead of them it's just absolutely invaluable yeah. in terms of as you say shoring up that future and, and kind of who will be the next generation after them
2: it's, it's really important as well because you know you know, there's such a competition, isn't there, in academies now? I'm sure it's always existed, but you know, even if you just dial down to the northwest, the amount of football clubs and the amount of you know academies that are really reaching for talent is is huge. And you know, at that age, if you're a talent and you've got good people around you, I'm sure the main thing you're looking at is not the name of the football club. You know, you're not choosing Liverpool over Burnley because because of the name purely it's the conversations you have with the people working there. It's the idea of, is there a pathway? Is there everything in place to, to kind of get the best out of, to get the best out of him? And that's, you know, that's, that's clearly there because it's, it, Liverpool are getting these players, they are developing them. Loads of players come in with talent, but then all the added bits of, of you know, keeping them in the right kind of frame of mind, developing that side of it, the intelligence, Developing the most people, you know, that's that's so important. And yeah, like you're saying, they're seeing examples of players who, yes, have taken the opportunity, but they're given the opportunity. And also, you know, you're seeing meaningful, really meaningful contributions. I think, th- does Clark come on against Spurs are, are away? There's there's one of the kids that comes on when we're down to nine men, I think. And like, uh, if you're looking at that, that the trust you're showing in in, in that situation and, and the experience these players are getting as well, it continues that cycle of the leaders And, you know, the the kind of senior players, it continues that idea that, you know, we're creating them within our own system. And then, you know, we're bringing in added talent to kind of add on top of that.
0: James, the kids are all right, but let's drill down in some other mm-hmm. individual performances. Mm. Um, I thought Gomez was absolutely brilliant. Um, I want the <coughs> goal even more than he does this season, <laughs> and now there's just an added level of of, of kind of uh, time constraint to it that you really would like it to happen now before the end of the season,
1: wouldn't you? He just absolutely rock solid, isn't he? I mean, I, it, it's the form of his life as well for me. I don't think I don't think I I can't remember him playing a, as well as he has for as long as he has because, as we know, you know he's had he's had issues with injuries and he's had. You know, and then trying to break back into the squad on the back of injuries has always it has always sort of eluded him a little bit, I think, from sort of a, a sort of match fitness point of view. Um, but for the first time that I can remember, that consistency I think is, is so important for his game, not just from a match fitness point of view, but also from a, a mentality point of view as well. You know, he must be absolutely loving life right now. He's one of the first names on on the team sheet for me. I think he's going to be really, really hard to, to take out of that, you know, given, you know, we've got Trent and Robbo, both coming back, uh, and, and has done a, a fantastic job. You know, Canate as well, another one. You know that that you, you'd be you'd be damned to leave out of you out of your starting lineup. You know, alongside Virgil. So it's going to be really really difficult. But this is a, a you know a, a wonderful problem to have. You know, we've got this wealth of talent all of a sudden. Everyone's chomping at the bit to get on the pitch. Um, and just going back to what you were saying before as well. You know that that through line for the for the youngsters that that inspiration of seeing. Other young players coming through and they're being an actual, you know, a, a direct line to the first team. It's just amazing. It's a, it's a fantastic time to be a to be a Liverpool player, whether you're a, a youngster or a or, or a stalwart. You know, that's been there for a long time. Um, but yeah, again, a, a, another outstanding performance from from Joe Gomez. Doesn't put a foot wrong.
3: Deserves huge credit, Gomez, for for the season he's having. Honestly, I think there's almost this thing now where. I think you could tell that he maybe wasn't trusting his body and you understand why because he's been through so much physically, mentally but there was maybe come at a point where you're thinking, will he get back to the levels that he's showing you know, for a couple of years, maybe longer than that certainly when he was part of Liverpool winning the league and, and he plays his part in Liverpool winning the European Cup in that campaign as well he's he's so good, he is so good and he's you look at him as a young centre-half at the time and you're thinking he's He's one of the best in the business, and he probably didn't quite get that recognition outside of the Liverpool bubble. But he certainly got it from certainly got it from me and lots of other people I know, because he was operating at a level that was, that was superb. But then he has the injuries, and you just think... I'm sure he's doubting it as well a little bit, and thinking, can I put my body through this? Because you can only imagine if he got another bad one, what it would take to come back, not just physically, but mentally again, to come back and go... Oh, can I get back to that level you know what is he now 26 something like that he'd been through the mill so I think he's 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 operating at such a level this season that he's, he's taken one or two by surprise but um you know James is right you know getting him out of the team now it's a, it's a big ask and don't get me wrong be, don't get be wrong there'll be games where you, you want a more natural fullback like Andy Robbo playing um but there will also be games where you know you can bring Joe Gomez and you know you can trust him. And I think you'll get plenty of opportunity because he's such a versatile footballer where you can literally plonk him anywhere. You know, you'll get games at centre half now. He can cover it right back, he can cover it left back. Um, and yes, the, the goal might come soon. I hope it doesn't matter. I know it doesn't soon. matter. It just would be very <laughs> I nice. Master, I think it matters to him. <laughs> and, and listen, I hope he gets it because you we know, he'll, he'll deserve it. I think one thing we have got to stop is, is the shouting around. Yeah. Shoot, oh no, it, yeah, the, uh, the that's, most annoying thing. That's going the to drive him fucking mad. It's yeah. driving no, so so we that they've got to knock that on the head. But but at some points it'll come for him. Um, but his overall game, I mean, he, he plays the ball yesterday. I think for for Connor Bradley to almost put it back into the mix for Gakpo, who makes a bit of a mess of it. But it's the original ball by Joe Gomez. It's a great ball in terms of how he picks him out. And as I say, nothing but great things to say about him. His levels this season have been superb. And he's had one or two tough moments, more than than one or two. And he's had some games where it's looked really difficult for him. But my God, he's on the march this season.
0: Just a final note on kind of individual performances from yesterday then. There were some some players there that you aren't necessarily looking to as kind of first names on the team sheet week in, week out and I wonder if there were any individuals where you were looking to see something in particular from them and whether they delivered it.
3: Um, yeah, I mean it's interesting. I mean I think you want to keep the, the Darwin Nunes bandwagon going in terms of, I think he's at a really good level at the minute and it wasn't that long ago where the conversations resurfaced about him just being this incredibly frustrating footballer and I understood it because, you know, there were some opportunities where, you know, he's fluffing his lines a little bit and you can get frustrated with him because there will be times when it costs you. And it, you know, you can maybe look at the Luton game away this season, and he's not the only one, but he does miss a couple of big ones. And you think, you know, we, we needed those three points. But that'll happen as a, as a forward. You will miss chances. But maybe he was missing more than his first year, or it seemed that way, or it was perceived that way. And certainly he was getting a lot of traction. And the media were focusing in on him far more than they do on lots of other players, by the way. Maybe that's just, you know, it comes with the price tag of playing for Liverpool football club. But he was getting a little bit of grief. But my thing on Nunes is. I'd always rather him be in the team than not regardless of, of what's going on with him in front of goal because he's such a nuisance he's such a menace you can tell that centre-halves or full-backs wherever he is on the pitch they don't want a part of it they don't want a piece of it because he's such a, a difficult opponent and you're never quite sure what he's going to do and I don't mean that in a kind of you know he's unpredictable and he's he's, he's inconsistent I just mean that is in the sense that he's got a lot of things in his locker yeah. and he can just cause absolute carnage. He's selfless as well. He, he, well, I, th- I think he doesn't get quite the credit that maybe he deserves in terms of some of his clever runs that yeah. he makes. Um, but he's a he's a footballer right now who's operating at a level where he looks like he might score in the majority of games. You know, we had hard lines wasn't he before he actually scores yesterday when he bends that one. And hmm. people will talk about well that that suits him because it's off the cuff and it's it's instinctive and I get it. And there are times when it looks like it it suits him more when it's just you know a first time finish. But yesterday he takes that really well from Bradley and then slots it in the corner. But he's playing at a really, really good level at the minute. And you know, you mentioned Mo Salah before. Of course, you're gonna miss him. But when you've got lads like Jota popping up, and again, his finish yesterday is is brilliant, such so instinctive in terms of just takes it first time, left foot, and Nunes, and then Diaz comes on, does what he does. That little bit of control. Oh, it's you know, unreal, and I know it's 4 two at the time, but it's it's great. And Bradley does really well to kind of control it in terms of making it into an assist because it's bouncing high. Um, so with lots and lots. To be pleased about, but I thought, yeah, Darwin Nunes' performance again yesterday was a real kind of a real kind of sign that he's he's in a rich vein of form. And you know, if you Chelsea or Wednesday, you're certainly worried about him.
0: We had we had the draw at halftime. It was a very unglamorous draw. <laughs> yeah. I felt very. Un- it, it wasn't got, sexy.
3: Was it? The no, draw, it's more yeah, really. like someone
0: had given you like a like an empty crisp packet <laughs> box and just gone. Yeah, get some I don't know some clothes pegs out of there. It was it. <laughs> it wasn't the most exciting, but you know, the, the drama was there all the same. <laughs> <laughs> and we found out there's going to be Watford or Southampton that we're going to be facing, but we don't know yet because there's going to need to be a replay mm.
2: what's your preference um to be honest, I don't really have one because I don't know what either team are like. Uh, so I'm guessing Southampton, 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 Southampton are good. Yeah, four teams in the championship. Watford are about mid-table, I think. So right, well then we'll take Watford. I'm, I'm happy it's at home. I think that's that's really nice. It's another home game for us to, on the farewell tour. But it's also a, it's also just a nice opportunity for it to be a bit more. You know, you don't have the travel. You know, both both are a bit far, and you don't have any of that to kind of worry about. And I think when you're in this in this kind of churn as we are, where where games are going to increase and it's going to become, you know, like it was a couple years ago than you kind of could do with the rhythms of being at home and all that stuff I think does matter I think you ask the manager you ask the players that stuff does matter and yeah I've not really got I've not really got a preference with it I think Liverpool I've got enough confidence in in this side to sort of make things routine like they did uh, like they did yesterday I think you know the idea of of gears and going up gears, you know, was there? I think Liverpool when they when they kind of took their foot off a bit, you could tell they were taking their foot off. They weren't struggling as such. It wasn't like problems were being caused in that sense. Um, and with the options that we have, you know, we, we talk about the front line, you know, t- to play the front line that he did uh, yesterday and and have the options off the bench in, in that sort of game without needing to really go to the kids or anything is brilliant because it just shows that we we have the firepower if if it, if situations arise in games where it is a little bit tough and. You know, we have a bit of a problem. We can we can change it in in a heartbeat, and that's that's a really good sign when, and a really good thing to have when when we are trying to
0: chase what we're trying to chase. Absolutely, I think yeah, there, there's obviously some fixtures out of that draw that you would have preferred. Yeah, um, but you avoid the ones that you don't want to deal with until mm. further down the line, and that's the main thing.
3: Southampton may rest players actually as well if they if they get through because they've got bigger fish to fry again. They're, they're banging the playoffs and they're playing really well. So. I know they made changes against Watford as well and they brought on lads towards the end which kind of salvaged the game but they may look at it and think, you know what, fucking hell, we're not going to get much at <laughs> Anfield and we, we're trying to we're trying to get promoted so there's every chance if they come that they might just kind of, you know, put out a load of lads who wouldn't normally feature.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> while we're looking forward to the future, uh, we'll go shorter term first, Ian. Uh, we've got Chelsea midweek. How are you feeling about it?
3: I'm a little bit nervous about Chelsea and it's, I think, because of what's happened the last few days, I think the atmosphere will be incredible I think everyone will be bang at it the manager's not done a press conference yet but he, I wouldn't be surprised if he mentions the crowd and stuff but I also think we've all been around the block long enough to know what it means this kind of game and we're going to have to be at it every home game now in terms of the league there's only nine left so you've got to cherish them you've got to make sure we play a part you know it won't be that long until, he, until he's gone um, so yeah those nine home games in the league yeah, make make each one count But I think Chelsea are a funny team where when they're against the better sides, you can see that they're capable of raising the levels. And you've seen it against City this season and they get a draw against Arsenal as well. But they've got good footballers. And there are times when they are incredibly inconsistent and they look wide open and it looks like there's a multitude of problems there. But there are also times where it clicks and they can be a problem. And they have got some good players, as I said before. So I think Liverpool will have to be on the guard. Um, But what I would say is... You know, we are top of the league by five points for a reason, and they've been nowhere near our level. Obviously, there's the thing where they're going to play each other in a cup final as well, so there's, there's that into the mix. But um, I'd fancy us, I'd still fancy us to, to do the business. And I think, you know, what we've all talked about in different parts of this show is that, you know, the manager's going to be fired up, the player's going to be fired up, and that's not enough to just get you over the line. You've still got to deliver the quality and all that on the day but I think Liverpool will have their eyes on the prize now and they have got a little bit of a gap. City got the game in hand, but these games are so, so important now and I think, I'm not saying they'll fly out the blocks because you don't necessarily need to do that. You want to be in control of the match, but I do think it'll have an edge and I think the edge thing could be quite important on Wednesday. James are you feeling fired up for the rest of the
0: season I know we've uh, we were chatting before recording this the Virgil's made some comments this morning that I'd say a non-committal at worst <laughs> is what we'll, we'll call them um middling at worst is what we'll say um but looking ahead to the rest of the season and then beyond that knowing that there is now a future without Jurgen Klopp how do you feel about what we've got coming in the next few months and kind of life after that
1: I've, I'm really really excited if I'm if I'm honest um now that it's kind of sunk in a little bit that the manager's off and and you know we're sort of dealing with that, um, I'm, I'm I'm really really excited. I think Chelsea. I think the Chelsea match is going to be exceptional. I think. I think Ian's right. I think I think the atmosphere will have a hu- will play a huge part. I really, really do. I don't think Chelsea will be looking forward to to coming to you know to Anfield on a on a cold winter's night. You know, with with you know fifty thousand lunatics who are absolutely bang up for it because it's our first kind of opportunity. You know, in a, for a Premier League match to really, really take the roof off. And Chelsea matches are historically always really, they're really exciting events, you know, there was a couple of years where we seemed to play them every week and some various guys be it in a Champions League or a cup match or the Premier League and um, there, it's a game that I always look forward to. Yes, they're a little bit inconsistent at the moment, Chelsea. But um, on their day, they're, they're, they're good value, and I think we've got we've got more than enough to match them. That that match at the beginning of the season when we played them is was such a disappointment. When I mean, we should have absolutely smashed them everywhere. To be honest, we were much better than them that day, and we're a much we're a much more composed grown up. Um, side than we were at the beginning of the season you know, we've, everyone's developed really really well um, so it, it stands us in good stead it's going to be it should be a really really exciting match but I don't I, I, I don't I don't feel negative about it in the slightest to be honest I, I genuinely I feel like we could just carry on or go on a bit of a run now and just keep winning you know I think I think the, the the maturity that the managers the managers instilled in these players, um, and it you know to, to not sort of take you not not think too far ahead and not get ahead of ourselves and just take each game as it comes, I think is absolutely right, and I think that's what what we've been doing, and it seems to be working really really well. You know, right, we've got this we've got this hundred minutes in front of us. Let's 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 do our business there, and then worry about everything out afterwards. And I think it's easy for us as fans to get carried away and start thinking about you know, open top bus tours around <laughs> Liverpool with four trophies and Jürgen Klopp drinking and Erdinger on the back of the bus <laughs> and it's, you know, and we, listen, we all want that but I think we have to we have to be mature about it and we do have to take each game as it comes and 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 it starts with Chelsea on Wednesday I'm absolutely hyped
0: <laughs> Positivity and good vibes from James on there, positivity <laughs> and good vibes from uh, Ian Ryan and positivity and good vibes from Huerta San mm-hmm. Let's enjoy every single second of this last season with Yogan together, shall we? Sports Social Podcast Network.